Okay, what, am, what are we looking at here? Are you familiar with this brand? I, I've seen it. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, that's why I'm not saying it out loud because I don't know how to pronounce it. Either. Oh, okay, okay. I think it's. I'm not even gonna try it. La Aquitaine. Is it is in it, Provence? Is it Lacitan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's a very bougie. Uh, I, I thought you were. It looks. It looks like a tube of like space food. Or That's toothpaste. what I thought you were. Or toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. No, it's hand lotion. Okay. And I got it because um, <laughs> Luno keeps destroying my hands, my dog. Oh no. And um, I'm washing them so much now with all of this like coronavirus, flu. True. True. Hybrid fear. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they were like cracking my fingers. Um. um, and so I ordered this hand lotion on Amazon, and it's so good. So, so what makes a hand lotion, quote unquote, so good? Okay, put on the back of your hand. Sorry, Beth. Look at look at me. I'm an amateur. And then you can rub the backs of your hands together okay. until you kind of spread it, and then flip and use the front of your hands to rub it in. On both sides. On both sides. There you go. Just distribution. I didn't even know there was a technique. Yeah, I, I made it up. <laughs> but, but um, I think what makes a hand lotion good is that it doesn't um, like you don't have like oil residue. Okay. Because the hand lotions that I've used in the past. When do I stop? When, <laughs> when, when you feel like it's done. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, my hands are. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Um. Yeah. When I've used hand lotion in the past, and then I've tried to type on my computer, like you'll get like these like oily like blotches all over. Ooh, your I can imagine. Or your phone, it gets like slippery, or your steering wheel. Yeah. Um. So it's like kind of one extreme. And the other extreme is that the lotion is so fragranced that it actually just like absorbs into your skin like right away and it doesn't have any long-term benefits other than just like smelling like cherry blossom or something. But what I like about this one is that it's pretty unscented. It smells a little bit like like a a baby. Yeah, it kind of smells like baby powder. Yeah. I would Um, know. (laughs) It smells a little bit like a baby and it absorbs quickly. So you'll have to give it maybe like two minutes, but at the end of the podcast, I'll check in. Okay. And you can tell me, is it greasy or do you feel like it absorbed and do your hands feel better? Okay. That's fair. Uh, and, and just for clarity's sake, um, we don't know if this is going to work today. Um, so we're back. It's we're been back. a while. It's been a minute. Um, you know, we, we, we get busy, obviously teachers, uh, you know, never a dull moment these days. And, uh, between that and then commitments that we've had outside of school, uh, it's been pretty challenging for Courtney and I to come together uh, to make this happen. And then on top of all of that, we tried recording this yesterday, uh, and my laptop decided that it did not want to cooperate. It was time for an update anymore. Yeah, time for an update. It updated, and th- my laptop wasn't happy about that. So we are on a new platform recording this this morning, and like I said, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, it could be phenomenal and wonderful, or it could fail miserably and, and not work, and I'm okay with that. Usually how I approach most days. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just take it in stride. But we do have um, something that uh, Courtney and I have been uh, looking forward to talking about for quite some time. I should remind myself to welcome you. This is the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter. And I'm Courtney. And uh, we're talking about extracurriculars today. Um, not only what that has looked like traditionally, but what that model um, has manifested uh, here at Odyssey. So this is Courtney's idea to start I'm off so with excited. a guessing game. She has been brainstorming for quite some time. It's been weeks, people. And, uh, and 
it's uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know how this is going to work. Do you have a list of guesses? Yeah, I wrote them. Oh down. my gosh, I didn't even write them down. No, I'm just okay, going to try to remember. Okay, so we're going to try to guess what each of us participated in in terms of extracurricular activities. How many guesses do we get? Um, I think we should reduce it down to three. I think three is a. I could, a I could probably number, guess for a full hour. Ironically, but uh, I think three. Let's do it. I think three, three is uh, three is ideal. Who wants to go first? I'll guess first. Okay. Because I brought up the list. Let's we'll, we'll we'll trade guesses here. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. So based on what I know about you uh-huh. and the fact that you have a drum set in your classroom, I'm assuming you were in percussion. That was a dead giveaway, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. That's correct, right? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, I was. I started playing when I was in fifth grade. Um, I was, and then I entered band when I was in middle school. Played all four years in high school, and I did a lot. It was drum line, it was uh, concert band, it was orchestra. Um, all of these groups, I was playing uh, percussion, and then played a little bit in college. But I didn't, I didn't go to a school that was known for its music program. Um, so after a couple of years, I, I discontinued that, and it's been uh, more or less a hobby ever since. So one for one, well one done. One for one. Okay, I'm I'm completely shooting in the dark here. Uh, I've, I've got no idea. For whatever reason, I feel like you fit the persona of a water polo player. Wow. That's I get I water polo vibes. I mean, I grew up in Nebraska, where right. there's very few bodies of water. This is true. But there was a pool in my high school. Okay. I was actually a diver. Ah, okay. And a swimmer. All right. Um, but we had like one of our PE options was to take swimming, and every Friday in our swimming PE class, we played water polo, and I was actually pretty good at it. So, I'm kind of technically. Were, I'll give you a half a point. I'll give you a half, half a point. point. Yeah, it's yeah. better than zero points. I'll yeah. I'll take half a point. Okay, so water sports. Water sports was a, was a yeah. facet of your yes. of your extracurricular life. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next up. <laughs> Okay, this one's kind of my most far-out guess. Bring it on. I, uh, for some reason, Peggy was someone who's taken German classes. Really? No, I'm, I'm nodding at, like, I, tell me more. Like, oh, okay. like what, what, what uh, gave that, uh, you, the, the, you the impression? Yeah, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I just was thinking, okay, this guy probably had to take a language at some point. Uh-huh. German, why not? Maybe? German club? See, you know, I might have. I, I might have taken German. Do you not know? I took Spanish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, do you not remember? I most definitely did not. But so here's the thing. Play, so this is connected to band. At my school, in the first semester, band takes up two class periods. One for marching and then another for actually playing. Mm. So out of my six classes, two of those, a third of my classes in a day, were band. So I had to sacrifice something, and for all band kids, the first thing to get the axe was foreign language. Did you get graded in band? Yeah. Yeah. Just based on performance and rehearsal and things like that. But everything else stayed. So I, I kept, excuse me, English, social science, science, and math. Those four filled out the rest of it. And then mo- not everyone, but a lot of the band kids wrapped up their foreign language at night school at the local... Um, community college where I grew up. And that's what I did. Um, had they offered uh, a German night class, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't, um, I probably would have because that was certainly something that was interesting. I still follow German soccer. So 
Um, clearly something that I'm invested in, but alas, no, Spanish is uh, was what, and very little stuck <laughs> with me to this day, unfortunately. You know what I'm Nick and I are taking Spanish classes now. Yeah, you remember me? Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. We've been practicing. I actually have a Spanish-speaking date with Gail today. Excellent. Excellent. Because she is fluent. She's fluent. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, Gail, yeah. if you're listening, I'm scared, but excited. <laughs> All right. Second guess for me. Um, gosh, you know, this is where this is where things get a little tricky. You know, you are you're a very eccentric person. Um, and and I and and sometimes I think that the word can be taken negatively, but I mean that in the best respects. You're energetic, you are um, you're just so bright and full of life. It wouldn't shock me if you were in theater at some point. The no. Theater kid. No? No. Oh, um, man. Kind of. Okay, kind of. I mean, again, I feel like I can give you half a point for that. How so? Um, I was in speech and debate. Oh, okay. All of, um, co- well, no, that's not true. For four years. Mm-hmm. Two years in high school and two years in college. Okay. Um, I actually, it's part of the reason why I went to UNL is they offered me a speech scholarship. Okay. And um, I loved it. I mean, it's like the activity where you learn how much you don't know. Because you're not only performing these, like, theater-esque improvisational, I mean, not improvisational, like, interpretational, like, pieces. Yeah. Like, you're doing, um, you know, dramatic interpretation or humorous interpretation. So you're given, a, like, a script, and then it's up to you to read it, memorize it, interpret it, and perform it. Kind of by yourself in center stage, like, almost like a one-man show. Um, but then when you move to college, there's all these other additional categories, like there's informational speaking, which there is in, in high school too, but it becomes like its own, um, kind of category, yeah. um, which I also participated in. There's duo interpretation where you're working with a partner. Um, there's all these different performative norms, you know, do you break the third wall? Do you, is it the third wall? Fourth wall. Fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, you break, you can, do you break the fourth wall? Do you not break the fourth wall? Do you, sure. um, you know, make jokes? Do you kind of hold back on the humor? Do you take a serious tone? Like you really learn all these skills about true argumentation and performance um, that I think have made me a more confident speaker, researcher, writer, performer, etc. Okay. I'm going to give myself half a point for that one. Yeah, you can take half a point. So I'm one for duels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, theater is actually one of my guesses for you, but I'm going to guess something else. Okay. Um, okay, dang. I feel like I have some on, on this list. I made like a a whole list. I feel like I have some that I'm like for sure on. So I'm gonna go with one that I'm not for sure on. Okay. Okay. Um model UN or mock trial. Mm. I feel like there is um some sort of like I don't know, governing body trait in your psyche that I feel like must have started to develop in high school. <laughs> I do have a story. Um, but on, on, uh, just to answer the guess, I was, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't even know if we had a model UN. I'm sure. And we haven't said a big high school. I'm sure we did, but I was not a part of it. Um, and whether they did so, but here's the story. So in, uh, my AP government class senior year, we did a mock trial. We, we, we performed a mock trial in class. That was one of our, our projects. And I was selected to be the judge, which I was thrilled about I'm because sure. I I own that role so well. But mostly because all I wanted to just say was just 
I'll allow it <laughs> because <laughs> I, I love law, law and Order, and every time a judge says that, I'm like, that's awesome. So, but the the, the kids that were playing the the lawyers for each side caught on to the fact that they could pretty much do anything. And every time I was going to say, I'll allow it. So after like 10, 15 minutes, my classroom slash courtroom just descended into chaos. Like all the jurors are just like burying their heads. Like, why is this happening? And then my teacher's in the back just shaking his head. Like, what are you doing? But every time they're like, if I could demonstrate the murder scene, your honor, I'm like, I'll allow it. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I did enjoy that, but no, unfortunately, we did not. Um, I, or at least I didn't participate regularly in a, in a model UN. I think it would have been fun, though. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like mock trial, I, I give myself half a point for that. Okay. All right. And <laughs> it's to be fair. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, okay, last guess. Last guess. Man, see, man. And then we should probably stop talking about Stop the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, this is important stuff. This has to do with, we'll get to the why. Yeah. We yeah. Gotta, we, our next bullet point here is the purpose. We'll get yeah. there. Um, gosh, see, I should have put a list together. Um, let's just go off the wall here. And this is, and this is more of a comment. You know, you're... You're doing track club on Mondays here, uh, which you know, maybe we'll have the opportunity to talk about a little later. Um, you're, you're a fit person. You consider yourself to be, uh, you at least make the effort. Yes. Right? Um, how about field hockey? Wow. Field hockey. You didn't offer it at my school. Oh, man. Yeah, All right. you didn't offer it. I mean, have you seen field hockey? Yeah. I mean, it requires a certain amount of flexibility. Yeah. Uh, in order to, to play successfully, I think, I think it would have been Coordination. a great field hockey player. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have um, that great of, like, foot-to-head coordination. Mm. Like, soccer was out the window for me. Um, anything that would require that dual motion of, like, like lacrosse, like, with the hands, feet, and head. That's tricky. Um, if it was just, like head and hands, like volleyball for the most part, I was like all in. Okay. Um, but yeah, that kind of field era sport where there's like <laughs> a lot of running yeah. um, was not basketball even. Like I couldn't, I wasn't very skilled. It takes a lot of stamina. Yeah. For sure. I also had really bad asthma when I was a kid and oh. that like really limited what sort of athletics I could do. Sure. So I was much more of like a burst performer as opposed to a like long distance or, um, I don't know, time-lapse, like, experience. For sure. Yeah. Well, quickly, um, let's just rattle off, each of us, the extracurriculars that we did participate in but were not guest today. Wow, that's a long list. Okay. You go first. Um, okay, I did speech and debate. Um, journalism was a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the yearbook, and I was the photographer-in-chief for two years, which was okay. really cool. Um, in college, I worked in the newspaper at UNL, um, ran track, dove. Swam. I think that was it. That's a lot. Yeah. Kept you busy. I was busy. Yeah. I was kept busy too, but I think the reason why my list isn't longer is because a lot of the things I did were just really all consuming. consuming. Yeah. Band being the top priority. Um, I played tennis for a while. Oh, fun. They played tennis. Um, and I, I still enjoy pickup games every now and then. Um, Little League Baseball uh, for about five, six years. Um, never, never played in high school. And then uh, Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts was is not my for you. Well, I yes, I'm I'm Johnny Boy I mean, Scout over here. Um, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, just between campouts and service projects and things like that, that was 
super consuming of uh, my time. And then when I got to college, um, I worked for, I think you knew, um, the police department, mm-hmm. UCPD, um, up in Santa Barbara. And so I did that for about um, two and a half years. So, yeah. Are we factoring jobs and extracurriculars? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a job? I worked so much. Yeah. Starting when I was like 14. I worked Dang. as a, like a hostess at a cafe. Nice. Taught swim lessons. Okay. Lifeguarded all through high school, babysat. Cool. Um, and then when I got to college, I worked at a restaurant and a nonprofit before and after school program. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was it. Lots of practicum stuff. I mean, I, I, I say yes to the jobs being added on the list because as we're about to, to look at, everything that you gain from employment, um, but also extracurriculars, um, has a lot to do with improving certain skills and certain awarenesses. And um, this is valuable. And this is something that we're really trying to attack here at Odyssey. So now that we've sufficiently exhausted talking about ourselves, uh, let's talk about our school for once. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot going on here. We've talked about the mentorship program before many times uh, on this podcast, so we don't need to go into too much detail, detail there, excuse me. But maybe the question is why? Why extracurricular activities at all? What is our goal? We'll talk a little bit about some of the specific things we've been doing uh, in the form of what we call X-Block today. Um, but we've got a list here. Um, Courtney, I'm just going to rattle off the list and then um, I'll ask if you want to reflect mm-hmm. on these. Um, it's important because we develop soft skills. It's important because we allow scholars to pursue their interests. And it's important because it enables us to connect with our local community. So three big ideas there. Is there any one that stands out to you the most on that list? Um, for me, I think all of them do. As soon as I started to pick one, I was like, wait, no, all three. Um, <laughs> but if I think back to my own personal growth as a like, human and contributor to society, the learning that I was doing in high school was valuable but was um, like leaps and bounds behind the learning that I was doing in my like chosen interest fields. Um, I mean, if you take speech and debate, for example, just like the passion that I had for that experience and the passion I had for the community that I was a part of led me to push myself academically in ways that I like never did inside the classroom. And um, when you care about something, you're so much more willing to take risks around it and really try to push yourself and strain yourself and think harder and work harder than I think you are when you're performing what it feels like for someone else, like oftentimes when you're in a classroom setting. Um, And so building up those sort of passion-driven skills um, is is really impactful. And then all the soft skills that come with that, like being a stronger communicator, being a stronger collaborator, being patient, being, a leader, being a follower, being a listener, like, you know, for me, um, extracurricular activities made me who I am, um, as a worker and as a human and as a friend and a partner and a daughter, you know what I mean? So it's, to me, they're they're incredibly valuable. What stands out for you? Well, I completely agree with all of that, but maybe to go a little deeper into this idea about connecting with a community, mm-hmm. um, I, I see that in two ways. Number one, with a lot of extracurricular activities, these are these are networks. These are circles, social circles that 
is only going to enrich and deepen your ability to connect with people, your ability to relate and empathize with others. Um, and, and in my life anyways, I don't know about you all out there, a, an extra support system. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if, if something's happening and, and you know, you, you just kind of need that lifeline, I cannot tell you how many times I've been able to lean into my band friends or lean into my um, UCPD friends at the time. Everything that was going on is just, it's, you know, the, the value um, just continues to grow the longer you maintain an active role um, in these positions. And then secondly, um, you know, if we're taking that statement literally connecting with a community, um, that's been my experience all throughout my youth, um, whether it was working in the Boy Scouts, as I mentioned, doing service projects, um, helping out uh, people and groups and organizations in need um, through my Eagle Scout project, through, you know, all of my friends and their Eagle Scout projects, and then just in general, putting together community service hours to essentially give back to the community that works so hard to give so much to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, of course, working for the police department, um, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. We didn't make friends with everybody because at the end of the day, we're there to enforce the law and enforce the rules. But um, I think at the end of the day, most would have to agree that they appreciated us. Um, I think the service that we offered that was the most complimentary to um, both university staff and students alike was that we provided um, after hours um, these, these tandem escorts where it's dark, you don't know who's hiding around a corner, why not give us a call, we'll walk you to and from um, wherever it is you need to go. We've got bikes and important looking badges, so no one's going to mess with you. Um, and we have so many people call every single night because they're late studying on campus. Or th- Nine times out of ten, it was someone who was studying late at the library, did not want to walk home alone through a very dark neighborhood. It was very poorly lit. Um, and, and then just get them home safely. And, and I mean, there's, there's so much value that comes from that. And then we, in turn, are making the entire community feel safer. Not saying that that's what ex- every extracurricular is capable of doing, but just an example of the ways that you can really serve to strengthen uh, a community. So it was fun. Absolutely. And I think in some ways they um, give a renewed sense of purpose to why we're on this earth, right? We're not necessarily sure. on this earth just to work, but we're on this earth to provide, um, yeah, like that sense of community to the people that we're surrounded with and that sense of importance to ourselves and what we can bring to our communities in, in all of these different and creatively generative ways. Yeah. Super cool. So next up, let's talk about Odyssey. What do we got going on? Well, Odyssey is a really small school. We are. Anyone that um, knows anything about Odyssey knows that it, we're only in our second year of being open, which means we have two classes, our inaugural class, and then our second inaugural class. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> we only have two classes. I'm just going to end it with that. I can't wait till we get to our fifth inaugural class. <laughs> That's that's the special group. Uh, having our time speaking this morning. <laughs> uh, okay, we have two classes, which means that we have just over two hundred kids on campus, yeah. um, and twelve plus staff. Sure. Right, and so in that comes inherent challenges with building an extracurricular network. We're obviously stretched to a point that is um, like we're ex- we extend ourselves a lot um, in all of the things that we do to provide 
uh, quote unquote typical high school experience for our scholars. Um, and it still isn't enough, right? There's no way we can have a band. There's no way we can have a football team. There's no way we can have, um, I don't know, police escort program. Right? There's, <laughs> there's just these natural limitations that come with being so small. Yeah. However, we have been really thoughtful and our scholars have been really creative and our staff has been really creative in creating these um, kind of alternative extracurricular experiences. And those range from clubs happening during and after school, uh, Xbox like you were mentioning, mm -hmm. Experiences happening during lunch that I'm so excited for you to share about. Um, our scholars pursuing passion projects, and of course, like our student council body, um, otherwise known as ASB. Yeah. So to kick it off, um, I think that one of the coolest extracurriculars being offered this particular year um, has been your during lunchtime AP Euro experience that you're offering to scholars who, um, you know, again, going to the small school, they don't have access to the typical AP classes, and so. Instead of looking at that as a limitation, you looked at it as a challenge and started thinking of ways to bring AP to Odyssey. So why don't you tell us a little bit more? And it has been drama-filled recently with this whole AP test registration. Oh, really? Because, it, I mean, just two years ago, I was teaching AP English. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, if you could say that about two years ago, the registration deadline was early March. Mm -hmm. And so a few weeks ago, I was like, all right, well, I should probably work towards getting them registered. And I go online, come to find that this is the first year that every school, their registration deadline was in November. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? I'm two years removed from the AP game and, and, and suddenly the entire thing has shifted. Um, and so it, it was drama filled. The good news is that um, our, our neighbors, our, uh, our sister school, if you will, Paramount High School, um, have been very accommodating. It looks like they're gonna be able to get in our kids to take that exam. That's awesome. Can't, can't solidify anything yet, but it's looking good. Awesome. It's almost awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love history, and you know this. I'm very passionate about where we've been as a people, as a species, and what that means for us now and what it means for where we're headed. And so because we don't have that traditional – I mean, you and I teach, content-wise, we teach a quote-unquote world history course, but it is – um, pretty directed and specific in terms of the relationship to the environment. That's that's the theme for a lot of these. So you you miss out on kind of what you would consider to be the more canonical history knowledge. And any way that I can share that with scholars that are interested, uh, I definitely wanted to take advantage of. Um, th this AP Euro, uh, AP European history during lunch idea, actually I stole from a colleague of mine, Lindsay Stillman down in, uh, San Diego, shout out to Lindsay if you're uh, if you're listening. Um, and I shamelessly uh, asked for her to uh, send me the slides uh, that she uses uh, to structure her her teaching. And I took a lot of notes from her. But uh, and you've joined us. Uh, it's in in your uh, efforts to uh, pass the CSET uh, for social science. Yeah. And and you know you you could comment on it just as much as I have. I, it's been great just to have kind of this core group of kids that are just curious and, and they want to pursue that curiosity and just learn more uh, about history and uh, and then hopefully get registered for this exam uh, to demonstrate their their learning so academically it's been really rewarding I think to to provide that opportunity it's been, and you know I'll, I'll I'll be honest it's been a lot more work on my end right I mean anytime an advice an advisor as a teacher you take on these extracurricular um, activities. A lot of times why districts will compensate you for that is because that's a lot of extra time that you have to use to, to prepare and, and to make things ready for that. 
Um, not that I'm looking, I'm not, I'm not looking for uh, a stipend or anything. I do this happily because it also happens to be one of my passions. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's time consuming for the advisors, time consuming for the kids. They've got to read these AP chapters, take these practice tests, things like that. Um, but the, just the fact that we have this as an opportunity as short as it is Wednesdays, Fridays during lunch, um, it still is something that allows these scholars to continue to pursue learning. And, and I think that at, that at its heart, that's what every extracurricular uh, should be about. So it's been fun. Have you enjoyed it? Have you been learning? I've been learning a lot. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I've really enjoyed reading the chapters and, and thinking with you and with the kids about the implication of history on our like collective development as a species. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's, I mean, it helps piece everything together. It makes the current world make so much more sense when you understand where we've been. And we're in the Cold War now. We're studying Cold War. So it's freezing, people. Yes. In in addition to the literal meaning of Cold War, uh, it's it's pretty startling how you could talk about the Cold War and it almost kind of sounds like you're talking about geopolitical Present events day. today. Yeah. So that's important. You've got some uh, as well. Uh, you got a lot going on. And I feel like I'm announcing something over the announcements every other day. <laughs> Um, I mean, why don't you just give us a taste of some of the things that you've been doing either after school, during lunch, uh, with, with your spare time uh, to give more opportunities for kids? Yeah. Um, in the last two years, I've worked to develop and kind of move forward with having a track club on campus uh, to give our scholars a space to exercise and to kind of enjoy um, a little bit of time outside after school with their friends, get some steps in, get some running in. Um, and eventually participate in a 5K race uh, in Long Beach. So we did that last year, and then we're doing it this year. Shout out to our freshman advisor, Nick, who also has kind of helped me in a big way carry the torch with this forward. Nice. Uh, when we had internships, the sophomores, it was really difficult to maintain managing internship schedule for sophomores and also run an after-school club on a day that I normally would offer office hours, like an extension after school for scholars to come learn. And so he's really been integral in keeping that going. Um, other things last year, I ran a book club over lunch that was really fun. And this year I've been supporting our ASB, our kind of student council body with uh, bringing dances to our school in the fall and uh, bringing spirit weeks to fruition uh, all throughout the year. So really fun to see that. Happening. So I have to ask, could we be expecting another dance this year? Is there another one in the cards? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, as as you were mentioning, it not only is a lot of work for the advisors, for us, mm -hmm. but it also is a lot of work for the scholars. Yeah. Um, you know, a handful of our scholars planned and implemented a Black History Month Spirit Week last week to kind of spread awareness on um, things that aren't learned but ought to be learned during Black History Month. And reflecting with them at the end of the week, they were like, oh my God, that was a lot of work. <laughs> and um, that pretty much sums it up, that at the end it's really rewarding, but you are exhausted um, sure. after exerting yourself in that way, even, as you mentioned, if it's a passion of yours. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll work at another dance. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, the last thing we all do um, as a staff is something called X-Block, uh, which is where every advisor offers kind of a specialized <clears throat> extracurricular space for scholars to come to and, and learn in every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, what's your X-Block? Rec games, recreational games. Love it. Yeah, we do a little bit of everything. Um, so just, you know, and, and it's not just, all right, let's go outside and play football or let's go outside and play soccer. But 
pausing, reflecting on how's the game played? How are we going to play the game? I mean, obviously we can't play like football, football. So yesterday when we had X block, we first sat in this room and talked about, all right, we don't have a rectangular field. So how are we going to adapt to this? And then just basic strategy, general team play. What, what is something that's going to um, serve you well? Um, and then going out to actually play uh, and not only getting the, the physical exercise, but also um, a lot of opportunities just to, you're essentially collaborating um, just in a different context. And it, it was no surprise, and we reflected on this yesterday, that the team that won was the team that really demonstrated a, an accelerated ability to work together and, and to communicate. Um, whereas the other team just kind of had a, a handful of people that were trying to trying to carry uh, everybody else. And it, as it turns out, when you only got a fraction of your team that's working at full strength, it makes it pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so having those conversations, learning from those, and then applying to, you know, we got a lot of other things in store. We're going to play basketball uh, at some point next week, and then maybe a mix of some other. I, I want to get Ultimate Frisbee on the uh, on the docket. But I, I, need, I need to learn yeah. uh, first. I mean, I've seen Ultimate Frisbee play. I think I know how it's played. Um, but I, I need to do some learning myself in order to provide that experience uh, to our scholars. What Xbox are you instructing this year? Um, this year we're doing fashion and textiles as nice. my Xbox. Um, yeah, it's really cool. We I kind of like asked around scholars what were they interested in, and one thing that kept coming up over and over is like we want a fashion Xbox. We want a fashion Xbox. And so uh, we've so far learned like basic sewing techniques. Uh, we've looked at fashion as a form of art, fashion as a form of protest, fashion as a form of expression. And now they're currently designing their own uh, like fashion installations. So some are doing articles of clothing that they could wear. Some are doing more artistic representations that would hang like in a museum, for example. <clears throat> and some are designing like full clothing lines or decking out a full fake clothing store, like what they would stock in there. So it's been really awesome. cool. It's like... Yesterday, we did research on the difference between slow and fast fashion for an hour. Oh. And I was, like, nervous that maybe it would be um, too much work on top of, like, already a busy work day. And they were so engaged in trying to understand where our clothes come from mm. and what sort of impact that has on the environment. They're all in. All in. That's great. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Odyssey if we just did these fun, engaging activities and then just left it at that. Right. right. We, we've got to somehow capture the learning that is going on. And we, as is no surprise, have a number of ways uh, that we do that. Starting with, I, I think, a, a card, um, a, a method of, of evaluation that we've talked about before. Maybe not. I don't remember. Um, but we, we call it the observations of learning card. Sort of this just this general uh Card, I mean, you created it uh, initially, so I think that you'd be best to describe how exactly this card functions on our learning platform. Yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like a landing strip for any sort of learning that fits outside of our diagnosed curriculum. I think is the easiest way to explain it. It's like any learning that you notice during a classroom discussion or any uh, display of skills you see in an X block, for example, or outside in a club or while designing a spirit week. Um, you can really go into that card or that like hanger of, of learning and write down your observations and give scholars feedback on something that maybe they wouldn't have initially deemed as like a school assignment, 
you know, but when we think about competency-based assessment, we need to think about all of the different creative ways that young people show us that they're learning. And that happens outside the classroom just as much as it happens inside the classroom, if not, maybe more. And I think such an important part of that, what we're trying to encourage our scholars to understand is that, you know, we as advisors, we, we only see you for a handful of hours every day. Certainly, there are experiences and learning that's happening when you are outside of school. Why not report that? Why not give us and show us some evidence of what you've been doing outside, whether it is maybe a passion project of yours, something that you are really into, but like you said, doesn't really fit within the scope of the curriculum. Um, bring us some evidence. Maybe look at our competencies and say, hey, you know what? I think I was really... Um, demonstrating the investigation competency through my research around blank, whatever that might be. And what a powerful way to capture so many different kinds of learning that's not limited to whatever is done within school hours. So I think, I think it's yeah. a very powerful tool. Yeah. And I think too, it gets our scholars in a headspace where they're constantly thinking about the ways that they grow, develop, and um, flourish in and outside of the classroom. And it really provides this opportunity for them to own their learning in an empowering way that hopefully gets them thinking, kind of as we reflected on our own high school experiences, about all of the different experiences that build us up into who we are today. Um, they span much broader than just what happens inside the classroom and what we learn there. And one final element uh, before we wrap this up, you know, we, we have, as we mentioned, we have these competencies that are tagged to certain learning goals or classes. So you and I are handling communication and collaboration as well as social reasoning. Those are the, the ELA and social science courses, respectively. But we also have this, um, you know, and I don't think we've talked about it as much as a staff this year. And, and I, I wonder about whether that's something that needs to shift. But we do measure personal qualities, strong heart, strong mind, strong will. And so much, again, of what our scholars do outside of school comes down to these personal qualities. Things that we measure like grit and self-control. Zest is one of my favorites just because it starts with a Z and it's fun to say. You know, so many different measures of success that are not just content-based these extracurriculars really allow a scholar to dive deep into those and, and perhaps demonstrate a part of their learning that is a lot more personal, but just as important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And I think um, it's also important before we wrap up to note that these external experiences are considered just as valuably as the in-class experiences when we give our progress reports at the end of the trimester which we're about to do. We're wrapping up our second trimester at the end of next week. Oh, we're going to have a busy week. <laughs> I know, it's going to be crazy. But when we sit down to have those conversations, they're cross-curricular, right? So every advisor that has the scholars in the room, and we're designing these progress reports together, and we don't just bring up like, oh, you know, they, they scored well on their math test, and oh, they turned in this op-ed, and that shows this skill. We do that. But we also add in these experiences like, well, did you see the sort of leadership skill that they were showing during their mentorship? Did you see um, the way that they were posing serious questions in the environmental sustainability complex or the way that they helped out serving lunch at Spirit Week? Yeah. So factoring in all of those different elements of what makes us us um, gives a really holistic view of, of who a kid is, how they've grown, what they've learned, and where they need to be pushed next. Awesome. Yeah. We did it. 
Is the software still working? It's still going. So if you're listening to this, chances are it did work. We're really happy about that. Uh, and we ran a little long today, but it's been a while. So I feel like we yeah. had to make up for some for some lost time. But next week, um, we'll hopefully get back into a rhythm and and uh, and go from there. We'll see what happens. Feeling good? How do your hands feel? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. How are they supposed to feel? Well, do they feel like if you picked up your phone, it's not going like, to slip out of your hand? Like it's not like oily? I guess not. No, yeah, I, I, I got a pretty. You guys are not right? as enthusiastic about this. Ed, I I'm, no, yeah, I. Sorry, I. It feels interesting. Okay. It, it feels uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's not bad. I just don't know. I don't know what to think. Yeah, I, 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 I am not learned in the ways of a uh, lotion application. So. All right. Well. I have a lot of learning to do. Yeah. Maybe we can start a lotion extra regular. <laughs> please, please do so. Uh, all right, folks. Well, we got to get out of here. we got a meeting. But uh, like I said, hopefully we'll get back into a rhythm next week. Uh, until then, this is the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter. And I'm Brittany. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.